Hi, thanks for joining us online. We're glad that you've chosen to access this message. It's so encouraging to know that God is using the ministry of Portico Community Church to touch the hearts and lives of people all across the world. If you have a story to share or a prayer request, we would love to hear from you at info at porticocanada.ca. To support our ministry, you can donate online by clicking on the donate button at the top right of your screen. Once again, we're so glad that you've joined us. It's our prayer that this message from God's Word will deeply impact your life. As you shake someone's hand, and let's have a fun song this morning because it's a very exciting day for Rachel Clark. It is Rachel's birthday, is it not? It's not your birthday? Just kidding. Totally thought it was her birthday. I read, I read it wrong. So, kids, you are dismissed. Thank you so much for joining us. <laughs> you know what? It's, uh, it's, it's not her birthday, but every day I treat it like it's her birthday. So. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Yep. That gets me out of the doghouse for a while, so I'm good. I'm good. Good morning, everyone. Ushers, if I can get, uh, get, we can get ready here. We can get ready before we start. Just a a few announcements. Ushers, if you can come forward, um, and we'll we'll get started. Father, thank you, uh, Lord, as we're just getting ready for our offering. Uh, Lord, just uh, giving back what you have already given to us. Lord, I pray that we would use this to bless our community, bless those overseas that we're sponsoring and helping, and Lord, that this would build up your kingdom, not ours. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Just a couple announcements before we, we get started today. Um, <clears throat> first announcement is uh, on September 7th, we've got our worship night. We've got a worship night coming up. It's at our Streetsville campus. For those of you who are brand new, um, we've got multiple campuses, and one of our campuses is in Streetsville. And so we're going to be getting there for a time of worship on uh, Friday, September 7th. And uh, actually something very special is going to be happening at the service as well, uh, just to kick off um, the, uh, the season is Pastor Heather and I are getting ordained. Yeah, so that's pretty exciting. So officially we can um, uh, marry people and we can also bury people. But uh, if you want someone to marry you, I'm more than happy. If, if it's a burial thing, talk to Heather. She'd be more than happy to deal with that. But uh, no, what a privilege it is to, to be ordained. Um, that, uh, that God would call us to do this. And so we'd love to, for you to join us and celebrate with us uh, as that happens. Um, the other announcement that we've got coming up is uh, our Brampton campus. For those of you who are new, we've actually got another campus that's, that's uh, growing and they're launching September 9th. Um, and so we could just use your prayers for them as, as Pastor Rick and Pastor Colin uh, take on the, the, the role of, of ministering. Actually, today they are in Brampton doing a, uh, a picnic with uh, the community, just gearing up for the new season. And it's going to be uh, it's beautiful weather. Um, I don't know if you've noticed, but we've, uh, it appears we've fixed the AC, so... It's not as hot as it's, it is for them today, but uh, it's been a scorcher the last couple of weeks. But 
just be praying for them. Keep them in your prayers as, uh, as, they, uh, as they're ministering to those um, in Brampton. Um, and that being said, I've already said good morning, but let me just say this. If you are brand new, welcome. Welcome to the church. It's uh, an honor to have you with us. My name is uh, Pastor Daniel, um, and I uh, would love to, Pastor Heather and I, and my wife, Rachel, whose uh, birthday it isn't today, uh, we would love to, we'd love to meet you. Um, feel free to wish her a happy birthday again. I'm sure she's okay with that, and she loves hugs, so it's good. Um, but uh, it's so good for you to join us uh, this week. We'd love to meet you after. Um, we actually just finished up a series for our, our summer, and we're going to be gearing up this fall for a, a new series called This is Living, Choosing Joy in Life's Everyday Moments. But before we do that, we thought it'd be really important this week to actually uh, take some time before uh, we've got the, the busyness of going back to school uh, Kids, are you excited to go back to school? Oh, well, parents are excited for kids to go back. <clears throat> it's like that. You ever see that, uh, that commercial, it's the most wonderful time of the year, and it's a parent that's dancing in the stores, right? Um, so before we get into the busyness of all of that, uh, you know, our fall projects and, and big deadlines and work, we thought it'd be good to talk about the mission and the vision of the church. The mission and the vision of the church. At Portico, uh, we have a belief that we are one church, one message, many expressions. Uh, What we mean by that is we are one church. We are united as one. We've actually got five campuses that are are, uh, going on right now. Um, all over, all over the, the GTA. And uh, although we've got these, these many different, um, uh, one church with many expressions, um, we, we believe that God is, is doing something incredible and powerful as we're just faithfully being obedient and listening to the, the leading of the, the Holy Spirit. And so today I just wanted to talk a little bit about that, uh, about what God is, is doing in our, our campuses. And so we're going to see some videos as we go throughout the, uh, the message of, of just what God is up to and what we believe God is leading us to in the next season. So if you've got your Bibles, open up to Acts, Acts 11. <clears throat> we're going to be reading from Acts 11, 19. To 30. But before we do that, let me ask you this. <clears throat> what drives you? What drives you? What drives you in life? Uh, what is it that maybe gets you up in the morning and gives you that extra motivation uh, to face the day? Some of you right off the bat is going, coffee. It's coffee, right? In front of our house, you'll, you'll see a nice doormat that says, uh, this house runs on Jesus and coffee. And uh, there's a lot of truth to that. Um, but what is it for you? What is it that drives you? Uh, maybe it's a, it's a hope for a, a better job, right? You're, you're motivated to get a better job. Maybe it's uh, getting better grades, right? That's what's motivating you. That's what's driving you. Maybe it's a, a better pension, right? You want a better pension um, when you retire. Maybe it's even something like fame, right? You just, you just want to be known, and, and so that's what's the driving force in your life. It could even be something like power, 
right? Or, or influence or, or even money, right? I'm, I, I want to get a better job so I can provide more for my family so that I can do more than, than we ever did when I was a kid. That could be one of those things, right? It could be even to, uh, you know, outwit or outdo someone else at work, right? That, that little competition that you might have at work to be better than someone else. You ever notice that that person is always like, it's a name that, that you can really kind of like just exaggerate. Like it's, it's like, I just want to be better than Carl, right? Like, you know, Newman, right? It's, it's always stuff like that, right? You know, where you can just exaggerate those names. Maybe that's, that's what it is for you. Parents, parents in the room, maybe for you, right, your driving force is to see your kids succeed. And so you'll do everything possible. You'll sacrifice everything so that you see them succeed, right, so that they can get something better. Um, maybe your driving force is love, Right? It's, it's just a love for God, love for people. And so every day you're getting up going, okay, like just I, my driving force is love. God has loved me, so I just want to love on others. Maybe it's, it's even like leaving a, a legacy of faith. That's, that's your driving force every day is to leave a legacy of some sort. Either way, every one of us is driven by something. Something is driving us, and whether it's, it's selfish or selfless, it's constantly influencing you and moving you to a goal, to a mission, uh, in order to fulfill your purpose or a purpose in life, whatever that is. And one thing I love about the, the book of Acts, as we're talking about the, the mission of the church, is, is in the conception, uh, the early days of the, the church, when it just started coming uh, uh, out and it started uh, really um, um, at its ground roots, at its grassroots, you start seeing this, this motivation, this, this mission coming out in them. And, and it was something so, um, so intentional and a drive that was so uh, serious that they would do whatever possible to, to see this mission, to see this through to the end. And actually, uh, the reason why I want to look at Acts today, the book of Acts, and look at the early church is because I actually believe that we can glean a lot of wisdom from them, and that the same can be said about what God is doing in Milton. I'd rather do something that God is doing in Milton than what I'm doing in Milton. You know what I mean? I'd rather be a part of what God is blessing and, and motivated in that. And so we're going to look at the book of Acts. And so if you've got your Bibles out or your, your um, iPhones out or your, your phones, whatever that is, let's look at uh, Acts 11. And we're starting at verse 19, a little bit of context. Um, basically, Jesus has now gone to heaven. He, he's risen. He's in heaven, and he's actually now, uh, the, the Spirit of God has now come on uh, into the lives of people. And, and, and the Bible says in Acts, uh, that, uh, in Acts 1 that they waited for the Holy Spirit. They waited for this gift. And then in Acts 2, they experienced this gift. And then you look at Peter. Peter witnesses and tells people about Jesus, and that day thousands were saved. That's what I want in Milton. I think that's what we want in Milton, is for thousands of saved as we just follow the Spirit of God. And so what ended up happening is, is, is um, the, the Jews at that time and the Romans at that time 
uh, wasn't, they weren't a fan of, of what they called the way uh, of this new religion that was starting, which we know as Christianity today. In a lot of ways, it was kind of like, to them, it would, it'd be like the chicken pox, right? Like you try and get rid of it, and then it just shows up somewhere else, right? And so that's what's going on right now with the Christian faith. And so they started persecuting them. And this is where our story comes, uh, where our story starts. It says in verse 19 that, Meanwhile, the believers who had been scattered during the persecution after Stephen's death traveled far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch of Syria. They preached the word of God, but only to Jews. However, some of the believers who went to Antioch from Cyprus and Cyrene began preaching to the Gentiles about the Lord Jesus. The power of the Lord was with them, and a large number of these Gentiles believed and turned to the Lord. When the church at Jerusalem heard what had happened, they sent Barnabas to Antioch. They sent him to Antioch. When he arrived and saw the evidence of God's blessing, he was filled with joy, and he encouraged the believers to stay true to the Lord. Barnabas was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and strong in faith, and many people were brought to the Lord. Then Barnabas went to, 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 on to Tarsus to look for Saul. When he found him, he brought him back to Antioch. Both of them stayed there with the church for a full year, teaching large, large crowds of people. It was at Antioch that the believers were first called Christians. During this time, some prophets traveled from Jerusalem to Antioch. One of them named Agabus stood up in one of the meetings and predicted by the spirit that a great famine was coming upon the entire Roman world. This was fulfilled during the reign of Claudius. So the believers in Antioch decided to send relief to the brothers and sisters in Judea, everyone giving as much as they could. This they did, entrusting their gifts to Barnabas and Saul to take to the elders of the church in Jerusalem. One thing you notice right away as we read this passage of scripture is that the people from the the church of Antioch, they were mission-driven. They were a mission-driven church in that they they recognized the need for for local and regional and and global impact. In fact, the church of Antioch became the hub for where missionaries and and people preaching the gospel would spread out of through the the Roman world and and, and just started going. They were were this hub. And, And not only that, but they also celebrated and embraced diversity and they operated in spirit-led unity. They identified people in ministry. They, they equipped and mobilized others while celebrating the results. They were this huge, mission-driven church that I believe that we are called in Milton to be as well. So how does this translate to us today? When we read this story and see all that they were doing, the the countless lives that were coming to Christ, how does that translate today? How do we become a mission-driven church that fulfills God's call for Milton? Because I tell you right now, he's got a call for Milton. He's got a call for Milton. So one way we do this when when we look, and if you've got your notes out, or if you want to take notes... One way we do this is by connecting with Christ and his family. If you look at the the passage of scripture, they were connecting with Christ. They were committed to meeting together regularly and sharing the gospel wherever they went. 
You see it in verse 19 to 21. It says that when they fled because of persecution, they went and they were, they were sharing the good news to the Jews, but there were some that actually separated from them and they, uh, they, they, they started to share the good news to the Gentiles as well. And as a result, there were countless numbers that started to come to know Jesus as Lord and Savior. Each one of us here in the room today, we are a product of someone, someone in your life who is connected with Christ and his family. The reason why we are here is we are a, by, uh, a byproduct of someone who, who, who connected with Jesus on, on a personal level or, or connected with the church. And you're here today because of that. And what I love about the early church is that even in the midst of difficulty, they never wavered from connecting with Christ and his family. Instead, they continued to meet with each other and share the good news wherever they they went. They actually never lost sight of the mission. And it's because persecution never changes the vocation. It only changes the location. The calling that God has is still there. Go out into the world and make disciples. Go out into Milton and make disciples. For many of us in the room, when we hear about persecution, you think, well, you know, that, uh, we're not like the Acts Church. We're not necessarily experiencing some of the severities that they, they experienced. But for maybe some of you in the room, you, it's not persecution you're, you're facing, but it's, it's something else. Maybe it's, it's something that's distracting you in your faith. Maybe that's what it is for you today. And as a result, you, you, you've kept away from connecting with, with Jesus. You know, uh, it's, it's that I'm, I'm just, I'm too busy to pray. I've got too much on my plate. I can't get to church today. I can't, I can't connect with people. I, I can't be as missional as I, I want to be. Maybe that's what it is for you. It's, it's, it's just the, it's the distractions that are keeping you away from faith or, or from living out your faith. Maybe it's because of work. It's, it's your long work hours, right? You just come home and, and you come home and, and you're just exhausted, Right? I, I, I know for me right now, I come home and I've got a one-year-old that's just like hanging on my leg and, and, and you're just exhausted after work and then you're spending time with your family and then at some point you're like, I know that I need to be, you know, doing my devotions. I know I need to be getting in the Word. I know I need to, to do something. I need to be connecting with people. But you've got, you know, this, this busyness that's happening. Maybe it's a personal crisis that you've been going through. It's, it's health-related, it's, it's a, a mental health thing. There's something that's, that's a crisis moment that's preventing you or distracting you from living out your faith, from connecting with Jesus or others. Maybe it's even bad influences. You're allowing people to speak into your life and as a result, you're stepping back from what you know you need to be doing. When I look at North America, I, I think one of the biggest distractions we face today that keep us fulfilling God's call for our lives and for the, God's call for the church is busyness. I think that's one of the biggest distractions that we face today. To, it, it, it's, it's the fact that we're jamming, you know, all this, we're jam-packing our days full of stuff. And don't get me wrong, some of that stuff is good, 
But some of that stuff is just fillers, right? It, 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 it's to just, you know, oh, I just want to be active. I just want to do something. I don't want to be sitting, you know, alone or, or you know, not doing nothing. And so we jam-pack our days. It's, it's busyness that's distracting us. And I actually don't think that's what God had in mind when he created us. He didn't just create us to work, but to enjoy life and to enjoy it together. So whether you're in a season today of peace or, or persecution and in boredom or, or busyness, remember the mission hasn't changed of the church that God has for us. And that mission that God has for us is helping people find the way back to God. That hasn't changed. It hasn't changed in 2,000 years. It's the same mission. That is our calling. And the one thing that's amazing is we are actually seeing this today. We're seeing this happen as, as lives are being changed. So, Zara, if you don't mind, watch this clip here. Hey everybody, this is Judy. She's a part of our Portico Milton campus. Uh, she just recently gave her life to Jesus. She's now attending one of our growth groups and is wanting to be a part of the prayer team. So I just wanted to introduce you to Judy and all that she's doing here at Portico Milton. Yeah, and can I just say that Judy's in the room right now. She's at the back. Yeah. <laughs> I, I asked her if uh, I asked her if she was willing to to be in this video, and she was like, "Yeah, no problem." And then I said, "By the way, you'll be famous now." And she's just like, she went, "Yeah." I'm like, "Don't worry. Five campuses are going to see you. Over 2,500 people are going to be looking at you." And she's like, "What?" But we're just so excited about what God is doing in in Judy's life, and you know what? God is not done. He's not done in Judy's life not done in our church's life. We're going to see more people come to Christ as we faithfully connect with Jesus and connect with others. That's the whole point of why we gather, is to see people like Judy connect with Jesus, connect with others, to see that there's hope and there's, there's purpose to life. That's why we do what we do. And so um, one thing that we're going to be starting in the new year is we're actually going to be doing uh, uh, Alpha. We're going to be looking at, at doing Alpha at our campus as well. And in our other campuses, they're doing it. And so we're actually seeing God do incredible things in Alpha. So why don't we just take a look at, at what of our... Hi, let me introduce you to Lori. Lori tracked with us in Alpha last year, and she just had an incredible story about what Alpha did for her own spiritual journey. So, Laura, why don't you just share maybe the highlight of how you would describe your spiritual journey from before you started Alpha until what it is right now, now that you've completed it. Sure. Uh, so, I joined Alpha because I had lots of questions, uh, not only about Portico, but my spiritual journey and religion in general, and it seemed like it was an inviting group, so I came in, I got so much out of it that I volunteered to come back and help, and I got a lot of questions answered, but I also have more questions, so I think this next bit will be interesting to see how I can get that answered. Yeah, actually Lauren is going to be helping us out with our new season of Alpha, and it's just a great place where people can come and ask safe questions about life, faith, and God. 
So this is amazing. This is another thing that's happening at one of our campuses as we're seeing people connect with Jesus and we're seeing them connect with others. When it comes to the Christian journey and being a follower of Christ, connecting with Jesus and others is essential. It's, it's essential to a healthy lifestyle and a healthy church. And so we're going to continue doing things like this. We also need as a church to grow together in Christ-likeness. Growing together in Christ-likeness. Acts, in Acts 11, 22 to 20, uh, 26, we see that news reached uh, Jerusalem about, about uh, people coming to Christ and, and believing in faith and calling Jesus Lord and and Savior. And so what they do is they end up sending out Barnabas and and Saul to go and teach them and to to help them grow in their faith. And and the Bible actually says that when they did this, their numbers grew. The number grew exponentially. And so I I love this when I, I read something like this because they saw what God was blessing. And the need to grow spiritually, and were willing to let God interrupt their lives. What God was doing in Jerusalem, but they saw what God was doing in Antioch, and they allowed God to interrupt their lives in order to do what mattered most. You know, often, and I can be guilty of this too, I pray, Lord, bless me. Bless me in what I do. Bless what I do. But the real question or the real statement we need to be making is, is Lord, I pray, God, let me be a part of what you're blessing. Let me be a part of what you're blessing. And we see that happen when Saul and and Barnabas go out and they start going to where God has blessed something and they start seeing and helping it grow. Let me ask you this question today as we're gearing up for this new season. Are we willing to allow God to interrupt our lives in order for him to use us to fulfill the mission and the vision that God has planned for Milton? Are we allowing God to interrupt our plans? You know, one of the questions I always need to uh, ask myself, it, it's, it's, it's always asking, what is more important in this new season? As I'm gearing up for September and we've got all these decisions to make in the house, what's the most important? What are the priorities? You know, it's, it's not what's easier or more convenient, but what's the priorities? At Portico, we think that one of those priorities is, is being a part of a growth group a place where you can connect, that you can do life with people on a regular basis. And, and one of the great things that we've got going on here is we've got all these growth groups that are starting up in our campus. Uh, not, not six months ago, we had, we had just a few growth groups, and now we've got, we've got gro- uh, uh, two growth groups uh, that have started up, and, and they're just increasing so much in size. There's, there, uh, one of them is meeting the need for not only moms, but also the, the kids. And so at any point in time, you could have like 20 people there at that growth group, which is, is crazy. And it's amazing how God is, is meeting a need. I think of Nellie, who started a growth group just recently, and it's already up to six, seven people. And I think about, you know, uh, groups that we're getting ready to start up in September and, and it's just growing. So if you want to grow, if, if you're wanting to grow in your faith, if you're not wanting to do your faith alone, join a growth group. 
We're going to be doing a growth group blitz coming up next week for the next two weeks. Uh, Leslie here is, is overseeing it. But we think that one of the best ways to grow is to be a part of that and do life with, with one another. So join a growth group. And also, if you're wondering more, as we've got a Portico app that you can, you can see and connect with different growth groups that are starting. So join, uh, join up, uh, get our app, and uh, find a, a connect group or a growth group near you. Uh, you know, I was actually just talking with Leslie. Uh, we went for Starbucks just recently, and uh, uh, we met for coffee the other day, and uh, he said to me something that's really just... Uh, it's something that I've just been thinking a lot about lately. He said, Daniel, however much you allow God to occupy in your life is how much you will grow in life. However much you allow God to occupy in your life is how much you will grow in life. And so we believe that growth groups is one of those things that you can grow, allowing God to occupy more of your life. The other, the other thing that we, we believe and, and we're going to be starting up in the, the fall is a, a shape course. It's called a shape course and it's looking at your spiritual gifts. And so if you're here and you're like, you know, I don't know really where I, where I fit when it comes to my giftings and my talents. This is something that I encourage you to do as we grow together in Christ-likeness. Let's take a look at this. I'm joined here by Kathy. And Kathy is someone who was tracking with us through some of our ministries this past year. She first started out in Alpha, and then in the next term, joined us in our SHAPE course. Now, the thing with SHAPE is that we run it so that people can discover the way that God designed them to be, and help them discover the ways that they can be using these God-given gifts and talents uh, to better the church community and their local community, and maybe even doing things around the world. Kathy, why don't you just share briefly maybe one thing that you took away from the SHAPE course when you took it. Sure. I really enjoyed the SHAPE program. It really allowed me to um, take a look at all the spiritual gifts there are. And what I thought I was really good at were not actually my spiritual gifts. And once I was able to identify what those were, as of September, I will be now volunteering in programs in the church that are utilizing my spiritual gifts, and I'm really excited about it. That's awesome. That's great. So that's amazing. Something that Kathy here has done is because she did the SHAPE course, now she knows the giftings that she has, and, and she's going to be serving in those areas of, of ministry. Which brings me to my last point here, is, is we need to serve Christ's mission in the world. Serve Christ's mission in the world. If we want to be a mission-driven church, it's serving Christ's mission in the world. If you look at the, the book of Acts, one thing that the, the church did is, is they saw a need and they met a need. To what everyone was able to do, they went out and they did. They were willing to serve and, and commit. They decided to serve Christ's mission in the world. Let's take a look at this, this next video here. I, I can <clears throat> tell you from personal experience, one of, one of the revelations for me when it came to my purpose, I remember I was grade nine, and um, grade nine, and uh, I was off at a retreat, and um, I was at a retreat with my youth group, and uh, hadn't really talked about it, but uh, there was a guy named Ryan at the school that uh, he would pick on me a lot, and he he would uh, 
He, he just, it seemed like he was one of those guys that had it out for me every time he'd see me in the hall, and, and he would do, do all these things. And I remember I, I totally had this encounter with Jesus at this retreat, and, and just so encouraged and inspired, and, and we're on this bus ride home, and as we're on this bus ride, uh, one of the girls in the, in the bus get a, uh, uh, a text from their, their mom. And it said uh, in the text, you know, please call me right away. And so the girl calls and, and she says, um, I just wanted you to know before you find out from anyone else that uh, Ryan uh, was on a boat uh, um, last night and uh, he, the boat tipped and he drowned. And uh, I remember, I remember the, you know, people were crying in the bus and and I remember thinking to myself, you know what? I've experienced Jesus in such an impactful way. And I know, I know that, that Jesus loves me. And I know, I know I'm going to heaven. And I know that Ryan didn't know Jesus. And, and if I can't share that same love with people, even like Ryan, who, who would hurt me, what am I doing here? And so one of the reasons I, I, I am where I am and I'm doing this, I found my purpose was, is just to share the gospel with everyone. doesn't matter who. And I remember crying and weeping that I, even, you know, with, with Ryan picking on me, that I, I couldn't, I didn't tell him about Jesus in, in the midst of that. And, and so for me, one of the purposes for me in this life is, is to find people like Ryan, is to, to find people that need Jesus. And, and you know, for, for you, it might be a different purpose. It might be, a, you know, for, for the judge, it was, it was in the sex trafficking industry, you know. But, and, and for you, it might be something totally different. But, but the, the, the reason behind it is, is still there. It's, it's helping people find their way back to Jesus. That's the purpose of why we do what we do, why we're here on this planet, why we're living today, right? Is to help people find their way back to Jesus. That is, that is our mission in life. And it's a mission and it's, it's not easy. But it's only when we push through that we will see breakthrough, right? It's only when we push through, even through the, the hard te- times that we see breakthrough in, in our lives and in, in the people that we're investing in, the family or the friends or, or the co-workers or the neighbors in, in our lives that we see breakthrough is when we continue to just passionately show them Jesus in everything. And when we continue to do that, we will see an impact in their lives. I, I love I love this last part of, of Acts. It said that the church throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria enjoyed a time of peace and was strengthened, living in the fear of the Lord and encouraged by the Holy Spirit and increased in number. It was through the fear of the Lord that made the church strong, and it was the encouragement of the Holy Spirit that made them grow larger. That's what we need here in Milton. That's what we need here in our church. That's what's going to be the fuel and everything that gets us to help people find their way back to God. Milton is an untapped potential, and Jesus is going to move in this city in Jesus' name. We believe this, and we need to partner together, working in unity, to see them come to know 
Jesus as their Lord and Savior. This is our mission. This is our passion. This is our privilege. So let's go out and do it. Amen? Amen. Father, thank you so much for this day. Thank you so much, Lord. I pray today, Lord, not bless me, but Lord, I pray to let us be a part of what you're blessing today in our city, in Milton, in our neighborhoods, in our community, God, that we would be, we would just, we would give all that we can to help people find their way back to Jesus. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.